opened our cans up in the rain. Welcome in, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the True Kings of Queen City podcast. We are coming to you live and previously recorded at the same damn time. From the column, the win column, as the Panthers win their second game of the season, and we rejoice in the rainstorm at the vault, dropping the birds known as the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons off 9-7, to all on the leg of Eddie Pinheiro. And first off, before we go any further into the episode, I am your host with the most A3 Big Panda, and I would like to be the first one or maybe even the 50th one, depending on who you talk to as recording of this podcast, to congratulate uh, Chris Tabor getting his first win as a head coach in the league is a wonderful thing for him. And about time in his second chance as an interim head coach, we were able to pull that out for him. And, you know, let's not even waste any time, man. Let's just dig into the stats. We already know what it was. No offensive touchdowns from us, but what a showing from us. We feel like I got our identity back a little bit today, you know, with the keep pounding mantra, because that's what we did. It was a rainstorm. It was pretty bad, and they got a touchdown on us early. Even though they helped by not being as confident, we just kept pounding, and we found a way to get our not first but second victory of the year. So shout out to everybody. So let's just get into it, and let's lead off with the losers. Let's see what Atlanta did. They had uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, their second-chance prodigy. He didn't have a good show in there in the rainstorm today. But, you know, let's see what he did, dude. Was he a duck? Yeah, he kind of was a duck. You know, he knows what he did. I know what he did. But you're about to find out what he did. Desmond Ritter went 12 for 20, 152 yards passing, one touchdown, which was fugazing. It was just a pitch to Cordell Patterson. And one interception that was untimely for him. But we'll get that to that a little later. Tyler Algier led the way in rushing, and I use that term lightly. Because he had 14 carries for 45 yards. And John o. Smith, the former Patriot tight end, had two catches for 61 yards, leading him in, in at least yards. That is absolutely <laughs> unwinnable football right there. So I commend ATL for uh, puking the way that they puked today in, in the Queen City. So thank you very much for that. But continuing on, B. B John Robinson, the the rookie stud that has come in on hard times lately, has some more hard times in the Queen City with seven carries and 11 yards, and he had an untimely fumble in this game. So, again, thank you so much for deciding to play like crap today. All of them ducks. I loved it. Oh, no. Oh, it's a great thing. Great thing for us. I mean, if you're a Dirty Birds fan, well, you probably shouldn't be listening to this at all. Ah, I've been waiting to play that all year and mean it. Birds went down. The Dirty Birds went down. Do it again. Bird down. <laughs> we even the series with y'all. And that's sad that we have to laugh about that, but, you know, it's called Shot in Front, and I'm enjoying it right now. Bird down. Yes, sir. And again, there was not much else that they did rushing the ball, so the defense did their job today, holding those guys to much, much less than 100 yards. They couldn't move at all in the slop, and Desmond Ritter let him down with his arm. So it was it just it was a perfect storm, and I, you see what I did there. I I I have a rib shot on that one, but it's okay. But anyway, the passing game for them wasn't much better either. Like I said, John U. Smith he led the way, two catches, sixty one yards. 
Kyle Pitts, who continues to be a fantasy disappointment, but it's not his fault. Three catches, 37 yards. Drake London again, having a pedestrian showing two catches, 24 yards. And everyone else did much less than 10 or less. You know, so, you know, the passing game really wasn't helping. Desmond Ritter wasn't really helping them. They got the quick score early, and, you know, that was all they were good for. Thank goodness. Now let's go to the good guys, the winners. Bryce Young finally getting another dub. I'm so happy for that guy. I'm so proud of him. And finally we get to just see him revel in victory. And he looks so much happier in the post-game press conference. He looks so much more comfortable even having a pocket at times. I mean, Bryce Young looked like the guy that we all saw in a couple of the preseason games. For me, more importantly, the third and final preseason game. So this is to you, Bryce. A job well done to you. We're going to drink one to you. Oh, damn. Need a refill. But, yeah, we just don't have a beer because we um we got hammered earlier. So we're just trying to recover with a little bit of water. But even still, our beer was watered down in this rainstorm all throughout the Carolinas. So, you know. I was probably sober anyway, but better safe than sorry. You know, we got to get ready for Victory Monday, you know, because just because we won doesn't mean we ain't got things to do because we got to keep pounding. You know, we still got to do our thing in life. But it was awesome. I was absolutely loving every bit of it. Bryce Young, his stat line, the winning quarterback stat line, the Oompa Loompa is the big man with eight, going 18 for 24, 167 yards, no touchdowns with no picks. So that was big for me as well. No turnovers at all. Chuba Hubbard, the big Canadian stick, 22 carries for 87 yards. And, of course, everybody's favorite former Viking, Adam Thielen, leading the way for the receivers. Four receptions, 43 yards, and being paramount with a crucial fourth down conversion that we needed in a certain drive. But, again, he knows how bad he is. a great guy. So, thank you, Minnesota, for him. He still continues to be a stud for us, and it's a wonderful gift. We I appreciate him. I really do. And uh, the rushing game, I say Chuba Hubbard was basically it. 22 carries, 87 yards, big runs, big runs. And ISM, he went for four carries, 31 yards. He did what he had to do when we needed it. Bryce Young himself getting nine yards on four carries, you know, running when he absolutely had to. And he, I really like that the nod he gave, you know, this tribute to Cam, you know, pointing that first down when he slid and got it. So, you know, he he really got some brownie points of me, though. That was pretty awesome for me. I love it. What up, Big Panda? Oh, that was what was up. Bryce Young was what was up all day in the storm. I was loving it. And, and it's the best I felt about Bryce Young all season, and it couldn't come at a better time. It's the holiday season. It's the, the season of giving. And he was giving me a lot of joy. And so so were the rest of us, except Miles Sanders. He kind of went back in my doghouse. Six you know, six carries, two yards. You know, he should have just been holding a clipboard with Andy Dalton, sadly. Yeah. That's what, that's what he should have been doing. He should have been sipping on water, sitting on the bench. He didn't do much. But we won. We won despite of him. So... It's, it is what it is. Again, going back to the receiving core, big shout-outs. They made big plays all game long. Thielen, of course, four catches, 43 yards. Mingo having a, sm- a slight showing, four catches to himself for 32 yards. Tommy Trimble, a nice hurtling uh, reception on a crucial drive, but he ended the day with two catches, 32 yards, so we'll take that. DJ Shark, his one catch was the toe-drag swag that saved 
that set up a series that ended in a field goal. But it was just one catch, 18 yards, but that catch mattered. It was a clutch catch. So shout out Chuba Hubbard himself getting two catches, doubling what DJ did, but not by much in yards, 16 yards. So, you know, he was doing everything he could have. Sullivan, one catch, two, 14 yards. Miles Sanders, somewhat almost doubling up what he did rushing in the receiving game, two catches, 11 yards. And ISN, he got two catches, one yard. So a negative play there on one and the other one wasn't. Is what it is. Was very happy with what they did. They earned their money today. That's for damn sure. Yes, they did. But move and finally getting just to the total team stats, how it went down. Well, you know, we won the total yards, you know, fight two hundred and eighty three yards versus Atlanta's two oh four. The passing game was pretty even, one fifty four to one fifty two, but the rushing yard discrepancy was the key factor here. The Panthers at- accounting for 129 yards as a team on the ground against the Falcons' 52. If you can't run the ball, there's not really much else you can do. We, even though we were still even across the board on most other things, like we had 17 first downs compared to their 12, four-point yard, uh, yeah, 4.5 yards per play compared to their 4.0. Fourth down efficiency, none of us could get a fourth down. It just seemed to be like that in a sloppy game like this. But third down efficiency, we were basically 33% compared to they're just under 50%. So they were slightly better, but ultimately did not matter because they could not convert. And uh, we ran 11 more plays than them, 63 to their 51. Um, Bryce got sacked three times again, so um, he's near that average. He was getting that magic number of four per game. He slightly eluded that, but he's still getting hit. So the offensive line, hmm, what's my grade for them? You know what? I'll be nice. This is a B plus. You know, you gave him a pretty good um, protection despite, you know, the elements and everything. You know, you took what you had and you gave Bryce everything that you could. So, you know, B plus performance, especially with us getting the dubs, you know. Offensive line, shout out to you guys. I know that uh, Icky and everyone's been, you know, getting manhandled all year long, but they showed up today. So shout out to those guys for real, for real. But we we still got to do a little better job with the with the sack situation, but they absolutely, you know, did what they could today. So I commend them. I'm not going to beat them up at all. And by the way, I just think that the all blacks, you know, maybe played a key in it because we just look so good. You know, Dion always tells you, look good, you play good. Look good, feel good, play good. And that's how I felt like it was. We we looked good, we looked great, everybody just felt great, and you know, we executed. Even though it didn't look pretty at first, we just executed, got it done, and everybody did it for each other. Like huge team effort despite the fact that there were less than ten thousand people there. But we, we really don't know. We do we have the numbers? No, we don't, we don't have the official attendance numbers, but that's the one thing that the outsiders will definitely tell you. And I'm not going to speak on it on this particular episode because at the recording, we don't have the numbers. But it was obvious there was um, almost zero presence for either team at the stadium. It was very empty. And we'll get back to the game. So I didn't want to do it this fast, but we'll get back to the game after this. It was embarrassing, but... As a fan, obviously I'm making the show because I'm a fan of the Panthers, but as a fan, I I was somewhat proud facetiously to see that because you have to make a stand to David Tepper. Like, you don't care because you're going to get paid anyway. He's like, well, the fans of other teams are going to come anyway. Well, that's true 
for the most part, when you have diehards like, you know, Pittsburgh and Dallas and, and other franchises that, you know, they travel well. Like, I, example, I think next week, the Green Bay game, they usually travel pretty well. So get ready to see a lot of green in the stands, and it's not going to be Christmas. But you can lie and tell yourself that so you'll feel a little better. But with Atlanta, you know, and, and no, this, okay, shots fired a little bit, but I don't mean it entirely. But, you know, Atlanta fans are kind of fair weather too. You know, their team not any good. They're not going to show up. Now, we proved that we're not because the fans that were there, they were letting you know that, you know, we're ride or die. Keep pounding. Even though we don't like this guy on our team, and he's running into the ground. You know, we're going to ride with the players. And even I've said it on this podcast many times, you know, we always ride with the players. And, you know, it might be crickets in the stands. We're here in spirit, you know, because, you know, we're going to watch you on TV and everything. And we're going to support you. We're going to talk about you. We just don't want to give David Tepper our money. I mean, for God's sakes, I was even looking on SeatGeek, you know, before the game. They're selling, and, and then later seeing it on X and everywhere else, like 40, you get a ticket for as little as 45 cents before kickoff. 45 cents. You can't even get an Arizona iced tea for that price. And But you can go to a Panthers game. You can definitely go to a Panthers game. If You know, if I was homeless and not to make you know, light of that situation, you know, the 45 cents is more than enough. You know, I can use the bathroom, use the facilities, you know, maybe clean up, re- relax for a little bit. And then when the game's over, you know, we're right back in it. But, hey, it would have made a better homeless shelter that you paid for at that point. But I commend all the fans that went there. If I was local, maybe I would have went. I wasn't local today. You know, just recording over here. Right now, just getting late, getting ready to, you know, put this up as soon as we can. But regardless, you know, it was very jarring to see that. And I really hope it hit home to, you know, David Tepper and his ownership group, i.e. himself and his wife, because that doesn't look good. You know, the NFL, that's that's embarrassing. You know, it's in Jacksonville. I mean, it's Charlotte. Yeah, I get it. But it's still pretty damn embarrassing. And I really hope that something comes from it. But, you know, let me get off that soapbox and back to the game. What we really saw today well, it was Panther football. Like we had our identity back somewhat. You know, we we kept pounding. You know, it didn't look good. When we went down seven to nothing and rode in a halftime like that. But you know, we, I mean, seven to three. But we kept doing our thing, and um, you know, we pulled out a win. Pulled out a win. It took Eddie Pinheiro, everyone's favorite Florida Gator right now in the Queen City. That's for sure. It took him three kicks, but you know, we haven't won in over a month. You're gonna take that. You know, that's just, you know, the team we have been, you know. But now, you know, a, a weight lifted off shoulder, off the shoulders of the organization, like Chris Tabor and Bryce Young and some of those other players, you know. You got to feel for them. And not only that, you got to feel for Atlanta because they would have been better served just wearing Panthers uniforms at certain point, points in the game because they really shot themselves in the fucking foot. They really fucking know how to lose a fucking game. Oh, and by the way, one addendum about us winning the game. Also, New England getting beaten by Taylor Swift in the Kansas City Chiefs means that they're not out of play for the first overall pick. So I was really happy because if we can win out and they lose out, maybe there's a chance that we're handing over the second overall pick to Chicago just to, you know, get a little get back from all the shit they've taken from us. So that's just me. Hopefully we can. But sadly, I'm not holding my breath at the recording of this, this episode. But as I said before, Bryce, he looked more, you know, like the quarterback we saw in the preseason in getting ready for him. And I saw more of the the Russell Wilson qualities that they were having with him in pre-draft workouts. 
you know, he looked more like a game manager. He looked more comfortable because, you know, you couldn't really do much in that slop. You can't throw it all over the field. And Bryce hadn't been doing that all the year anyway. But I think people being compromised, you know, because of the conditions helped him out a lot. So he had extra time. He had extra chances. And people, you know, you got to be more precise. It was sloppy out there. And he looked better. He looked a whole lot better. He didn't look shook out there. He didn't look scared. He looked like he had more confidence. Yeah, he wasn't like that. He wasn't on high alert all the time. So he looked a little more comfortable. And, and then, again, shout out to the big plays made by my your boys, DJ Shark, doot, 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 and Xavier Woods. DJ Shark with the toe drag swag to keep a drive alive that ultimately helped us win the game. And then, of course, when the Falcons were driving late in the game and they were in the red zone and um, Desmond Ritter – looking to complete a pass. I have I can't even remember who he was looking for. There was no one there but Xavier Woods, but he still made the catch and gave us a chance to go down and kick the game winning field goal. So shout out to both of those guys. Huge stars for me in that game. They were awesome. They showed out and they really helped every help us come through. We don't win without those plays. That was winning football. That was Panther football that we, we used to see in the past, you know, five years. Successful Panther football. But uh, moving on, like I said, Atlanta, they really know how to lose. And this is supposed to be maybe not trapping. It was supposed to be a gimme. A lot of people just had Atlanta just picked in. Then I saw it go the other way a little bit towards our side, betting-wise, before kickoff. But I felt like Atlanta, like, you scored two touchdowns, you win this game. And they couldn't do it. They just couldn't fucking do it. They were were their own worst enemy, and I loved it. So, you know, one more time, the bird was – the bird's down. Bird's down. Love it. Second half, again, they just basically kept, you know, shooting themselves in the foot, bad pass interference penalties, extending our own drive. So, wonderful. Those two inopportune turnovers with B.J. Um, B. John Robinson fumbling and getting it peanut punched. And, again, the red zone interception, a sin, football malpractice, but beautiful, beautifully done by the third Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. So I again really appreciate everything that they did for us, and again, I don't know why they did it, but then it, it dawned on me that it is the season of giving in Atlanta. They just gave us our, our Christmas gift a little early, so so thank you, thank you, to, thank you, Atlanta, from the bottom of my heart for that gift. I didn't think we'd see another win, but oh, you you guys, you guys just laid over and died. <laughs> But um, it's going to be a really short episode, sadly, because we are just going to wrap it up by giving you quick tidbits about next week's game, Christmas Eve against, again, the Green Bay Packers. And uh, really, we don't have much to say about him because uh, Green Bay looks like they're going nowhere this season, but they have hope for the future. Jordan Love is definitely going to be their quarterback of the future. He looked pretty good. In a two-touchdown loss to the Buccaneers today, he threw for 284 yards, two touchdowns. And unfortunately, he, you know, it was not enough to beat Baker Mayfield in the Buccaneers, even though they were in Lambeau. And Dontavious Wick, their leading receiver in this game. And if you don't remember, he is a gentleman that we uh, spoke about in our day two and three draft specials. So please go check out one of our one of those episodes if you want to know some other gems that we hit on throughout the season. He got 97 yards 
receiving today. And uh, basically, he's been doing pretty damn well. And he basically did everything he needed to do this particular week, except score. Two other guys scored touchdowns for him. And instead, and he's somebody that we definitely got to have a plan for. You know, we're going to have to put somebody on him all the time and make sure that Jordan Love doesn't have him to check down to when his first read is just not there. Or if he is the first read, Dontavian Wicks, he's a key. He's a major key, and we're going to have to take him out to have success. Now, talking about the Packers defense, it's it's not the best defense in the world. It's not it's not world beaters. I mean, they're good pass defense, but overall, they have the 19th ranked defense and 31st ranked defense against the run. So I think you know where I'm going with this. We got to run the ball a steady diet of Chuba Hubbard down his throat with Blackshear and fi- trying to find a way to mix in I- ISM. And maybe even Bryce himself. And you notice I didn't say um, Miles Sanders because absolutely not. Again, I said that guy should be sitting on the bench drinking Gatorade. He really should. Sorry, I needed a drink. But I think a steady, steady run game, especially with how Chuba has been coming on lately, and find a way to mix in some more weapons. And then steadily peppering everyone's favorite Viking, Adam Thielen, in there, of course, and DJ Sharp. And even Mingo, we we can really get him going. I would love to see him get a 100-yard game this year, but I don't see it. Maybe Sam will give him a gift, and he'll get it this game. But I'm not sure. Again, not holding my breath. But I think if we can do all those things on offense and our defense continues to be stout and get Jordan Love off his game, because their rushing, their rushing attack's also not been there. I mean, it was a lackluster performance for the Russia game this this week as well. If and if we can have that continue, I think the sky's the limit, though. But you know, my guess is, you know, at the recording of this podcast, my guess is, if you have faith, the Panthers can send you off to Christmas Day with a two game winning streak, and they pull it out against the pack peep, the pack men in Green Bay. The Acme Packers go down. The Panthers. Vanquish them and say Merry Catmas to all of us. Twenty-one seventeen in a nail biter, and with all that, I just have to say, it's the end of the podcast for today. But you know, the time is nigh, and the only thing I'm gonna leave you with on this one is, it's not over for this franchise, actually. It's not over. We got to keep the faith. We finished strong last year. We can finish strong this year. And in fact, I believe that so much so that we're actually working on some in Bryce We Trust merchandise. So please check out the True Kings of Queen City store. Get you some sweet merch for the new year or maybe even as a last minute Christmas gift. You know, I know I got to get some shopping done, and some people might be getting some nice fancy mugs that they love, that they like from us so much. Nice $20 gift, and they can enjoy it with every pint or every soda or every couple glass of water, or even get a hoodie or anything else. But shameless plug be damned. I'm your boy, A3 Big Panda. Y'all take it easy and keep pounding. <laughs> Been training like my first name's Hobbin. Please like, subscribe, and then comment. And I don't know how the fuck you got here, but your tenure won't last. I'm fucking around with Tesla. Like, don't push this, you gon' find out.
I've been fighting my demons.